Spencer Church. Yes, yes, huh? What, where? You went to Ann Arbor for Astronomicon this you, past weekend. Yes, yes, we did. You did. Oh, you I did? was there. Oh, no. But I was riding on the wild side. I, I don't know. It was all right time. I like Ann Arbor a lot. Yeah. I went to a cool bookstore and I spent $70 in books. Yeah. That I didn't need. But I, the convention didn't have much. That no, I, I bought a couple horror things and there was like nothing really to. I bought four amazing comics. You loved them all so dearly. I literally read three of them in what? Five minutes, because that's all the content was in them. I'm not going to say who the comics were made by, because I don't want to ruin somebody's career. I'll let their work do that for them. But they were not good, and that was like the only real comics I saw was uh, that guy and the Source Point Press guys, which we read a lot of their stuff already. Yeah, I mean, I saw like one or two people that had like some some issues, but like it wasn't like a whole bunch, and like what they had was maybe like issue one and maybe issue two like you know yeah so but um as with astronomicon like the last one we didn't wreck this time which was good because it was in the summertime but yeah. uh a lot of odors and it was like 90 degrees every day so the odors were permeating quite strong the venue was small and it was packed in there which is not good with the whole covid thing um me and you were both vaccinated so I, you know and we wore our, we wore our masks yeah a lot of people were not wearing masks. Yeah, some pe- some people were, but the majority were not. Yeah, I don't know. We lo- we walked through the whole convention in like ten minutes. Yeah. Um, and we got you got well. You talked to Dirt Man. I couldn't even get over to him because it was so crowded in his corner. So well, and then to what sucks because like that line that we saw was for him wasn't for him. Those were wrestler lines. Well, the way they had it set up, all the guests wrapped around the whole convention. And surrounded all the stuff, like the, in the middle, like, yeah, the yeah, vendors. The, yeah, the people were trying to sell things. So it just was in the way. I don't, I don't know why they had set up like that. But it, was, uh, it wasn't the best con. But, I mean, you know, going back to something. And give us an excuse to go to Ann Arbor. Yeah. We got to, Spencer was very excited to sit outside in the 90-degree weather Ooh. while we ate our delicious lunch at some, oh, something or other's pub. Yeah, great times. <sighs> you know, we were complaining about how, like, how hot we were and how, you know, terrible it was. Well, we made it maybe walk like a mile, two miles at most outside the whole weekend and we just were dead. Dead. That's how hot it was. It was bad. And then we come back to Pennsylvania and it's worse. Yeah, it just followed us. Yeah, that, that sucked. If you folks in the future think about going to Astronomicon, do some research because like this one, like some of the main guests just canceled and. Well, so it's, uh, we, cause we talked about this on the way back. Or well, at least these first four have been set inside of a hotel. We need a bigger venue. Yes, and I think that's what the issue is. They look like they have enough people showing up. Yeah. That they would need a bigger venue. I mean, they had the panels outside, and then they had, uh, like, if they had, I don't know if they did, I'm assuming they did, like, music stuff again, probably also outside. Yeah. Uh, when it's summertime, 90 degrees, maybe not the best move. Well, like I said, I think this is still just, I think post COVID, post COVID, during COVID, yeah, and, and and so you're just trying to figure that out, and um, again, just having some of the major guests cancel last minute, mm. and so I would I would like to see what one with a full year, because I even I think this was kind of put together kind of quickly. Yeah. I I think I, I would have to say I think but, they had to wait on a lot of vendors and guests to like later on before they committed to going. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, the people that were going to be there 
that they would probably ask to be there. They were like, oh, you know, maybe we'll see how things go. And they probably backed out. Because we even talked about this with just going with us ourselves just wanting to go and do things. Be like, yes, I would like to do that, but I don't know if we will be able to when that time rolls around. We weren't sure if everything was going to be shut down again by the time this came around. Which kind of sucks when you're trying to plan hotels and stuff in advance. Um, so, as always, we're just going to be playing things by year, I guess, with other conventions and stuff. Which there's none on the horizon because Wizard World sold. Uh, so now we have no more uh, press connections. Uh, well, I'm saying, uh, maybe. Well, well, the guy who I who my connection to Wizard World, they always got us in and stuff. He's, I'm assuming, not going to work for Fan yeah. Expo or whatever bought them out. Uh, also, none of those shows are going to be around. The closest one's Philly, I think, in Chicago. So we're going to adjust some things and we might have to find some like different shows like some in West Virginia and like yeah. awesome cons and things like that around here, which I'm okay with, I guess. Or we just travel farther. Yeah. And, and I feel like if we to any of those bigger shows, even some of the smaller ones that have press, um, I'm pretty sure if we're like, you know, the submitting thing and we submit the stuff that we've done at previous shows. Yeah, that would get I, I would like to think, other than, you know, like big, big shows, yeah. like I don't think we're going to get a press pass for like San Diego yeah. or, or, or a New York Comic Con or anything like that. You never know if you don't try. Exactly. It wouldn't hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt, but. Well, that one anime con is like one of the big, I forget the name of it, Techco something or other in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That real big one, I applied the one year. And you got accepted, right? But I got accepted, go. but I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't go. I didn't, uh, cause I, was, I think my brother was gonna go with me, but then he ended up bailing because you were already working. Yeah, because again, it was very kind of like last minute. It wasn't something yeah. we planned ahead of time. I found out about it ahead, of, like not too far ahead of time. And by the time they got back to me about the press stuff, it was already like your schedule was set, yeah. and it was like it was just a shit show with that, but. Uh, that would have been like fun to go to, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, maybe in the future. Yeah. Again, well, hopefully, if things ever get unfucked. Yeah, unfucked. And- but anyway, folks, if you're up in the Ann Arbor way, hit up Literati Bookstore. That was a cool bookstore. Yeah. It was like three floors, bunch of fun stuff. And I'm sure, like, um, if you're more closer to the area, I'm sure, like any other bookstore, they'll be able to order mm-hmm. or find or get. Well, did you, you notice they had a things. whole shelf behind the register of ordered books? Like they had people's names on oh, okay. them. Okay, I think they're like special editions and whatnot. I just like the bookstore because they had a, like they had a good uh, selection. Yeah. Oh, I mean, of just even of a uh, Mirakami. Yeah. They had like a big section of him. Like, but they had um staff recommendations on a lot of the books and had like big synopsis as hand written out like or just what was cool about the book and things like that so worth checking out Welcome to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today is Petzer of the Polish Peacock Church. Peacocks make a weird noise. I got attacked yeah. by one at the Indian Festival in West oh, Virginia. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the sound it made, though. It was like something weird. Was it really peacocking when it was doing it? Was it doing like it strutting and like had like the... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, 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 is, that, is, that, is that a tail, I'm, I'm guessing? that Tail feathers. Shaking them. Shaking yeah. tail feathers. That's peacock. I don't know, man. You wanted to talk about a controversial topic that's going to get us banned from the internet, so go ahead. You can start it off. You were talk- you, you texted me something about red flag movies specifically, but yeah. I imagine we could talk about books too. Well, I just... Uh, I saw the t- tweet trend going around. I don't know if you saw that or not. I, that's- I saw something on Facebook 
because I saw a, uh, it was from like a comic book news or something like that. And it was about people arguing if Fight Club yeah. was a red flag movie. And I was like, well, what's that mean? So I got on the old Google and, you know, typed in red flag movie. And it was not what I thought it was going to be. What I thought it was going to be would be like movies or things that maybe glorify violence yeah. or like, you know, Tyler Durden and, you know, the actual guy. Like there's like some mental illness and very against the, uh, you know, uh, raised against the machine yeah. kind of thing. So I thought maybe it was like something along those lines where you could be like, that's kind of dumb, but I could maybe get where you're coming from. It's not that. I will elaborate more in a second, but essentially it's almost like anti-conservative thoughts is because that's who they think follows these kind of things. Because the tweet I saw that kicked off everything, which probably led to that, it was probably like a Bleeding Cool Comics article or something you saw, but uh, it was somebody said something about, well, we all know red flag movies like Fight Club and I think he even might have said The Matrix. He, um, so he said that, and then he was like, but what about green flag movies? And everyone like started commenting, and a lot of people were really mad, because Fight Club's a red flag movie, and what it essentially is, is if somebody says they like Fight Club, you're free to judge them as a bad person, and I want to get to the books in a second, because somebody ended up bringing up books too, but I think Fight Club, because of, you know, the hyper-masculine, like you said, rage against the machine or against the establishment, which Fight Club is not even about that. Fight Club is uh, about the ridiculousness of that kind of nature. Yeah. But what people, like the people who are huge Fight Club fans, which we're banned from the internet now because we're not allowed to say Fight Club. I'll have to edit it out every time. We can't talk about Fight Club. <clears throat> well, what we'll do you is... Now I'll, you really can't talk about Fight Club. I'll just beep it from the <laughs> edit. But, but, but do it real late so it's like, fight me! Yeah. <laughs> just so they know but um the people who really subscribe to the whole fight club philosophy tend to be like either let's just be honest white male maybe right-leaning people and according to woke twitter and stuff that makes you bad but then also i think like i said the matrix because it's about like they took the whole you know the red pill or whatever bullshit and essentially means you know don't follow the woke culture, you know, believe, what, what do they always think? Like, uh, think for yourself, don't be a sheeple, yeah. that kind of stuff. And then, um, like, if you go into books, it'd be like Ayn Rand, like Atlas Shrugged, uh, Mein Kampf, which is Hitler's mm. book, which, like, my whole philosophy on the thing is, like, I mean, I guess it's different if you like it. Um, I'm not going to go to the movies just now, but, like, Mein Kampf, and I don't think anybody's really liking that. Yeah. So, if, yeah, if somebody likes that, maybe you would judge them and be like, okay, that person's like, yeah. fuck, I don't even love Hitler's book. But just as somebody who reads it, like, don't judge them for reading well, it. See, whenever I looked it up, the definition was something along the lines of, like, uh, like movies that have, like, bad characters or, like, that, like, promote, like, characters that do, like, bad, dubious, and, mm. like, not good things, which I just, like, because that's what got me, because I was like, well, if you if you don't have those guys... Yeah, then why you, do you have the movie? You, well, you don't have any story ever. Like, you don't have, like, you know, there's always, like, a bad guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's always somebody doing something terrible, and if you get, you get rid of that, you get rid of most stories. Most stories. And, like, it goes, see, maybe that was the original intention, too, was them saying something along those lines. But I think the problem is, 
they view people who tend to like or sympathize with those bad, bad quote unquote yeah. characters. Um, because Tyler Durden is technically a very bad character because yeah. you know what he does and stuff. Well, even uh, what's the actual, not the made up guy, but the Edward Norton's character. Yeah, because he, if anything, he's just as bad because he is Tyler Durden. Like, you know? Yeah. Because, uh, um, like I said, like, I could. I, w- I wouldn't agree with it if it's just, like I said, against, like, certain kind of movies because it's, like, you know, they kind of like how people were, like, against the Joker because, like, it's, like, hey, you That was the other big one you, they brought you, you're up. You're kind of promoting these things. Like, yeah, I think that's kind of stupid, but I could see the yeah. argument you could make. But whenever it's just, like, when you turn it to, like, fictional characters, yeah. like, it's just, it loses all legitimacy to me. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't understand. Well... What Some I, of those are the greatest characters that have ever been created. What I find, uh, yeah, because do you think anybody's out there being like, oh, I'm fucking, I want to be just like Scarface, Man. but people like Scarface because he's a cool, bad character. But that doesn't mean, is Scarface considered a red flag movie? Probably, I guess. Well, I, I don't think so. It was only, that's the thing that offends me, is that if you like Fight Club, if you like you yeah. know, The Matrix or... That makes you a bad person. I don't understand that. Especially considering, like, it, it's it's so funny and weird. It's like, with, like the main things they're picking is like Fight Club and Matrix. And it's like things that have been out for like twenty years. Yeah, they were made in a completely different time, you know. And it's it's so it's weird to kind of like nitpick like certain things. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's like well, even if somebody liked Atlas Shrugged. I wouldn't automatically assume that they just believe Ayn Rand's whole political and whatever philosophy. Like that doesn't. That's not necessarily true. Uh, same with Fight Club. You can. I like the movie. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm rooting for Tyler Durden or you know Edward Norton's character. Oh, I mean, Maybe just a little bit. The way that kind of movie is. Well, that's a bad example for me because I just saw it as like you know gang of guys fighting each other yeah. underground mischief anarchy. I didn't think well, of that as like. I am rooting for evil. Well, and and that well, that one's one of those different. Is one of those movies. It's like that movie is different at each different like point in time of your life that you watch that. Like as we're watching as when we're like kids and young teen and like mm-hmm. teenagers, and we're just like, oh, that's cool, that's badass. As we start to get older, it's like I kind of wish somebody would get rid of all the debt. Yeah, you, like, yeah, you, know, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, or I could get, like, you kind of get of, like, yes, let's put a whole bunch of bird feed around a car dealership mm. just so the, the bird shit all over the brand new cars. Like, the, you, you, you kind of, you know. I think a lot of people can't differentiate between, like, the good and bads of a movie, like the political or just the themes of it, um, like the nature of it. So, like, say, South Park. I'm sure people consider that a red flag show. Yeah. But they lampoon liberals just as much as they lampoon oh, yeah. conservatives. Like they Everybody's take... everybody's free game. So how is that a red flag show? Because if you like South Park, you can't say, oh, he only likes South Park because he's far right wing and, you know, is against abortion or whatever it is. That's one of the things why I like South Park is so much because they will literally make fun of Everything. Everything. Including itself. Like, even with Fight Club, I, I, I should have looked this up because I, I didn't really care enough to look it up because it's just kind of like an irritating topic to me. No, I'm sure by the time this episode will come out, it'll yeah. be all blown over and nobody will give a shit I anymore. don't think anybody cares about it now. 
Uh, but I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about because I would also like, and then like, well, how was that a affect like you trying to do stories? Like if you're right. worried about like, hey, I want to have this real dubious shithole of a hill, but it's like, can I have that character without people freaking out about it and being in your book? Well, this brings up the three things uh, that really bugged me about this topic. One, uh, which I already mentioned, is the judging people. If somebody likes this kind of fiction, you judge them as a bad person because they like a certain movie or TV show. or Even if they like, like, for instance, I neither of us are conservatives. No. Like, I mean, we're not super liberals by any means. We don't really like the whole woke culture stuff. But I say we're center left. Yeah. I think that'd be fair to say. Like, all, all social issues, I'm full left, you know. I don't have a problem with uh, anybody, but... I have conservative friends who are definitely either center right or even farther right, but like I'm not just going to be like, oh, I don't like you just because yeah. of your beliefs. Like that's the, I don't think that you, something you should do. Like the second thing is, I feel like this is kind of a way to censor people because you know, oh, you like Fight Club, well, that means you're a bad person, and then somebody's thinking like, oh. Well, I don't want to be a bad person. I'm just not going to say anything. I'm not going to have an opinion on this movie or something. And then the third thing, which I think is the well, worst. It also censors the creators because it's well, that's stopping what I'm people saying. from farther down the line checking out your work. That's, well, my third point is, well, yeah, that's a good point, too, is that the people checking out your work might not check it out because, because they don't You don't want to be on the train station and see somebody... Somebody looking at you reading Fight Club and they just yeah. move farther Ugh. down the you know down the card. But my third point is the self censorship, which goes with the creators as well as even just the people like you said on the subway trying to read Fight Club. Well, maybe you're not gonna maybe you're gonna put a fake cover on yeah. it, you know, just a Playboy. That's all I'm reading. Well, that's probably a red flag magazine. I think it's a magazine anymore, really. People don't buy that. So you know, if you're a creator, that's gonna really stunt creativity. As we've had this conversation before, it's like oh. I'm writing a story set in the South of 1800s. Well, I mean, I can't say, like, the N-word, though. Yeah. Like, not that you you want to say the N-word, but if you have a character... That, that, that says it. Who's very obviously, like, a super racist. If you don't say that, which you don't have to, but I feel like that would definitely water down the history aspect of your story because that's that's real. Like, well, you can't really just get rid of the history mm -hmm. if you're writing about it. Well, and that's, like, that's to go back to a little bit of our topic from last week. Like, uh, Stephen King, because, like, Stephen King doesn't hurt any, hold any punches. If there's a character that says, like, you know, if that's in his character to say some vile racist shit or he's do gonna something do it fucked up, it. yeah, he's gonna do it, and you're gonna fucking hate that character. Which you're supposed to. Yeah. I think a lot of people now, especially the younger generation, they can't separate the author from the fiction. Like, they see... Yeah, they, yeah, they think of, oh, if he uses that word, but obviously he uses that word yeah. in real life. And it's like, no, that's not I'm how that I'm really goes. surprised Stephen King hasn't had backlash from his, especially his older works, where he said that word more. Like, yeah. stuff from the 70s and stuff where it's more common to just fucking be racist or say racist shit. The, I think all his early books that I have read have had the N-word in it at some point. Yeah. And I could, I'm surprised people haven't gone back and just, oh, fucking, he's definitely racist because he said the word, you know, because he said the fabled word that you can't say. And that goes with any kind of slurs, really, like nowadays, too. It's almost like the self-censoring. Do you even have the racist character at this point? And then if you don't have the racist character, what if that racist character, 
wasn't racist just to spice up the character because I think that's like old wrestling style cheap heat yeah. is if you just have a character who's just racist just to make them just, you know, unlikable. But if you have a story set in a t- time and place or where race, it, like racism is a, the big part of the story, you can't have that without the racist character. Yeah, it's, it's going to feel it's going to feel fake. Your readers won't connect with the story as much. It just will seem like... You'll essentially not write the story. And yeah. then what are you doing? You're censoring your story. Like You're censoring your ideas. You're just not doing something because you're af- uh, afraid of the backlash. Which is kind of why we have so many unoriginal works now. Because I see, like on Twitter, for instance, I'll see a lot of indie authors promote their books. And I'm like, did I just read that synopsis? No, that was somebody else's book. And I'll scroll down to the, that tweet. And it's the, almost the same... Uh, general kind of plot because they don't want to offend anybody, so they're writing the same kind of characters, uh, the same tropes, and uh, it's boring. Yeah, like just to just be blunt, it's boring. I don't like that kind of stuff. I would rather read a book that I'm offended by than read a book I'm bored by. Yeah, because even the book that you are offended by could still be entertaining. You could still get something from it. Mm. But if it's a book that you're bored at, you're probably not even gonna finish it. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna care. Which is, I think, there's bad books, and then there's boring books. I think boring books are always worse than bad books because you can't take anything away from a boring book because you don't even finish it. You don't care to finish it. The worst thing you do is write, as a writer is write something that's boring that nobody... They don't like it, dislike it. They just chuck it aside. It's not well, interesting. That's what I'm in the midst of reading uh, Coin Locker Babies. And there's a lot of things in that book. Yep. The opening sentence. Yeah. You can't... like. It's almost like if that was an American, modern American oh, writing that book, never open happened. it the same way and stuff. I don't know if that could be done, especially if it was like, you know, just a heterosexual white male in his 20s or 30s that decided to write that book. Yeah, they don't have any like, like you know, that's don't they don't have yeah. anything quite yet. Like, now I'm not saying that that book won't sell and there won't be an audience for that book. What I'm saying is good luck getting a publisher to publish that book in the modern times. I feel like they would want to change it. If you indie published it and you can grow a following because I like to think more readers than not and more moviegoers than not don't care about the woke stuff and the censoring. They just want something entertaining. They want something good, uh, something original. That's what people, that's what they really care about. You do have a subset of people who want to censor work and do all this and, you know, they shit on everything that's not up to whatever their moral standards are. But here's the thing about those people. There's actually not that many of them. They're just the most vocal. Yeah. Because most of us just go to work and, you know, go through our daily lives. And then, like, at what point do you go back and it's like, all right, well, red flagging movies and stuff from, like, 20 years ago. Like, what about some of, like, the most, like, literary classics and stuff like that? That are that are completely messed up. Like, so, Heart of Darkness, scratch the whole thing. It's set in Africa, yeah. written by a white guy. Very racist book. I I didn't like that book, but pretty racist as people were back then. In uh, the, the the actual characters, you know, colonizing Africa essentially. That's very super racist. That's the most yeah. racist thing you can really do. So I uh, see that book would just be gone. Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, well, can't have that. Well, when they've been trying to mess with that for years now. Which is fucking stupid. What did, how did people speak in the 1800s? Like, why yeah. is it a... It'd be one thing if you had a modern author writing um, a Huckleberry Finn-style book that's set in modern America, and he decided to have N-Word Jim. Yeah. Fuck you, guy. Why would you do that? 
1800s like is not cool but at the same time that's just in the book that's how yeah. times were but modern times there's really no excuse for that though but how do you do feel like you know when that uh like that say if you know in english class you you had that huckleberry finn and you know you will have classes would read like sections aloud and stuff like that and then you come across that though like you can't be having your kids say it it's very tricky because you'd always have the cool teacher who kind of, at least when we were growing up, nowadays they probably wouldn't even have, you know, you read it or anything. Because you'd always have the teacher be like, you could say the swear word if you're comfortable with it. Okay. And usually it was like damn or something. But when it came to like Huckleberry Finn or something, like I wouldn't want to do it because, oh, let's call on the white kid who yeah. 90% of his class are black kids. I'm not saying that. No. <laughs> not say- oh, really? Give me the page where it says his name ten times? Yeah, sure. I'll go get stabbed in the bathroom after this. Thanks. Appreciate it, Teach. Thanks, Teach. Uh, no, I, I don't think kids should uh, be reading that out loud, but I don't think it should be censored from the work. I think there needs to be a dialogue in the classroom. Like, hey, See, that's where the problem is because not all parents want their kids to have that dialogue. So maybe the teacher would have to reach out to the parents and be like, hey, this is what we're going to be. We're going to be covering Huckleberry Finn. Uh, there's, you know, obviously the words that are in that book are very offensive nowadays. Here's how we're going to go about it. Would you, you can choose to have your child not participate or they can be involved. And here would be the course synopsis. Like this is the curriculum of this is how we're going to cover this particular thing. We're going to talk about the history of the bad words and, you know, maybe... Did you ever have any teachers that did anything like that? I don't know. I never had any teachers that would. I had some, uh, I think it was like social studies teachers who, like we read a novel. It was about, I can't remember the name of it. I really liked it actually. It was about how pretty much Asians were forced to build the railroads in the U.S. Mm. And uh, a lot of racism in that book, obviously. And it was kind of like that. They explained it. And, and I took a lot away from that. That's why I think that stuff should be taught. Yeah. It just needs to be taught in a, you know, a very specific, delicate way. Which, unfortunately, a lot of school uh, systems in this country can't handle that right now. No, but, I mean, to be fair, most teachers don't have the money or the inclination to even do that kind of stuff. Like, they're barely teaching regular courses, let alone any kind of things like that. Because everything gets put on the Internet, too. Like, do you want to be the teacher that gets caught out of context saying the N-word? Right. When they're, like, from Huckleberry Finn or something? Like, you don't, you don't want that. I think... I mean, honestly, the, I, I don't like the school system in general. We both have many gripes about yeah. that. But um, I think school should be tailor-made to individual kids' needs, uh, which is very hard to do in a public setting. But, you know, if you got kids that are more interested in building stuff, maybe focus them towards that. Like, at least after, like, middle school, after all the, you know, spelling, grammar, fucking math, everything's kind of covered. Like, when you get into high school, it should be more career-oriented, I think. But, like, for us, like, I think we would really benefit if they were like, hey, you know, you could just take your normal English 11 or whatever class. Or you can join, like, the writing group class, you know, like, have a special group yeah, where that takes place there, of the class. I don't even ever think there was a writing class whenever I – I think there might have been one, like, event, but it was, like, an advanced yeah. English thing where, you know – Which just the name advanced English makes you not want to take it. yeah. But I think it would have been more helpful if they had, like, you know, for instance, the kids that are interested in reading, like, have a literature group that can take place of that English class. Once the kids, like I said, I'd say after eighth grade, you really don't need all the advanced stuff unless you're specifically going into a career for that. 
So maybe tailor it to like, oh, this kid really likes to read and stuff. Maybe have like a literature discussion group yeah. as in place of the class. And, and then, then that's could, where you would talk about these kind of sensitive. And you still take like those five or six like super smart kids that are like in every school, and then be like, just put them in their own little section, yeah. and let them learn everything because yeah. that's just what they do, <laughs> right? Uh, but I think that'd be the best way to handle like sensitive materials. Like your parents would have to sign off, and you'd be in this special class. And maybe you know today's technology, they could even have the classes videotaped so the parents can watch at some point if they want to make you know make sure everything's on the up and up. Because, you know, there are, and I hate to say it, like, if you look at it, especially when kids go to college, there's a lot of really far-left professors oh, who yeah. actually kick kids out of the class if they don't believe or pretend to believe a lot of the things the professor is spouting. Uh, I think that's wrong. Yeah, that's messed up. Whether it was somebody on the left or a super conservative, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be doing that. Uh, I don't like biased teaching at all. I don't like there to be... You know, there's always the stereotype of, like, the feminist teacher who kicks the guy, the one guy out of the feminist whatever class just because he's the guy. Like, that's well, – I'm sure a, that does happen to a degree. Maybe not like they portray it in movies, but I'm sure that does happen. Well, that was one of the reasons why I never went to college is just because I was like, well, for the majority, all of my high school, high school teachers are the shits. The shits. And, like, those are the closest ones that I have, like – a stake, I guess you could yeah. say. And uh, so if you go to, you know, because I always have, you know, you go to college and you get the professor that's like tenured and they're either. They really not, don't care. They're not caring. They don't, you know, they're like, oh, read pages through what, through whatever. And then they're just sitting at their desk right at the clock where you're doing work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and they, because like for me, that, that wouldn't work. I needed a very kind of hands on and like extra time like you know what mm. i mean like i wasn't just like a read a th you know read these couple pages and then take this test kind of student like that right. like that didn't work out for me well one thing i will say like growing up because i'm not one of those people like oh video games you know causes violence or violent movies causes violence but i will say the media did kind of warp my perception of reality when i was growing up because in the 90s like i've because my my sister my older sister she's like she's like 10 years older than me so say i'm you know between the ages of 8 and 15 she's at the age where she's watching a lot of like well, i guess romance comedies but like the teenage like remember the 90s there was like a lot of oh gotta have this big party and yeah. stuff like all those kind of not movies. another teen movie no more like the but, teen, but like, like team dramas but i mean like what like not another teen movie like made yeah. fun like like the, like what those like like the, the 16 candles from the 80s oh, or yeah. like but the, you know the 90s versions of those uh, can't hardly candles. wait i think was one of them things like that but a lot of those movies what worked my perception they always had like the fucking cool teacher that would connect with like certain students and you have that even now i remember uh Mindy really liked that Perks of Being a Wallflower movie. And uh, that's the same thing. Like one of the – I think it might be uh, Bateman actually, if I remember correctly. Uh, Jason Bateman is like the cool teacher who really connects with the kid and gives yeah. him like fucking special writing books and reading, yeah. whatever. Like he's actually harbors a love for literature and stuff in the kid. I always saw that growing up but then had to go to real school and then yeah. that wasn't a thing. And I was like, what's – is there something wrong with me? Why, yeah. why am I not getting – this kind of connection and then it almost makes you like socially awkward and then it got to the point where like i really wouldn't want to talk to my teachers yeah. like i just would go to the class and do the work but i didn't feel any kind of connection to them because also at that time 
you're so young, you don't realize the stuff that the teacher's going through. Yeah. Like, you know, the cutbacks and buying supplies out of their own or pockets. Or just the fact how many students they have yeah, to deal and with. Yeah, so, and so you don't, you, you, you don't know to even factor that stuff into your small mind yeah. at that point. So, like, you can't even, even for begin to fathom what they're going through mm-hmm. and then stuff like that. The only kind of teacher that I had that was close to like that was the art, our art teacher in um, in high school. And then he had um, certain kids that looked like they had, you know, that had some talent that would put in the work. And like he would like, he would put in time with those guys. And like other kids, he would, you know, if they mm. needed help, he would try. But like, um, well, he was also very big. Like, if he's like, he's like, look, I know everybody's not gonna be able to draw, but as long as you put forth the effort, you're gonna get at least a decent grade. You yeah. know, he's like, I don't expect like Picasso out of everybody. You know, right? But you know, but there were those like those select. He would have like a, like a handful of kids out of all the classes that would you know would come in on other periods or have extra classes and like would mm. you know. I had one teacher. I think it was seventh or eighth grade who actually cared about my work and what I was doing and would actually tried to harbor, you know, different, like he tried to create some kind of interest in me in things other than just like the fucking curriculum. Like you'd be like, Hey, you know, if you do kind of like, you know, that we're covering this uh, Steinbeck story, maybe check out some of this. And he was there and then he got a promotion to another school through the half, half of the semester. So, it was like I was only in there for a couple months with him. I was like, well, that's fucking great. Well, and then I also, I don't know if you ever had this, but like I had an English teacher and she was really good and she helped like teach and learn a lot of stuff. But it was like, because I had her through all four years, uh, you know, I had the same Eng- English teacher. I just ended up ended up that way. So in like ninth grade, she would, would get on me and some of my other classmates would be like, oh, you don't like know this or that and be like, no, they never taught us that. And then it's like down the line, they try to take credit, be like, "Oh, look how much you better your grades are," and you'd be like, "That yeah, that's kind of on you, but that's also a lot on me. I yeah. just didn't need somebody to actually like show me the material or the things to do. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Other than just being like, "Hey, just sit at your desk and you know, mm. just be do, quiet, do packets." Yeah, so many packets. Going back to the original topic, because we went pretty far off topic, do you think red flag books and movies is actually a real thing? I hope not. Outside of the internet, I don't think it is. I just, I don't like the, like Joker, we both like the Joker, I just like the depiction of mental illness and stuff, and I thought it was very well acted, very well made. I didn't know that was a red flag movie. I didn't know that created toxic masculinity or some kind of other toxic behavior. Why would you judge people for liking a movie or a book or something just because certain people who like that are fucked up? Yeah. Like, that's not right. Just because if you go that route, like, you know, catch in the rye. I wasn't a big fan of it, but I'm not going to go shoot Reagan. But just because a guy fucking went and, like, you know, shot John Lennon and Reagan because they like catcher in the rye. Like, that doesn't mean everybody who likes catcher in the rye is going to fucking shoot somebody. Like, that's just ridiculous. Because then it it gets... uh... What would be real crazy, I'm sure, and it's around the corner if it picks up any speed, is, like, red flag music. Like, that's a lot. Like, that was a big thing in the early 2000s. Eminem, Marilyn yeah. Manson. And it's, like, I, I just know, well, a lot of people that I know, 
that listen to that listen to that kind of stuff or listen to the same kind of stuff that I did, people would think that, or like you know, especially in my youth, I was big ICP kid. I listened to them like that's the only things I would have in my earlobe, and people would be like, "Oh, that's gonna cause you to be bad. That's gonna be." Uh, but no, well, first of all, because the stuff that they're singing and rapping about, it actually makes you feel better because just yes, they might be singing about, you know chopping somebody's head off with a big axe mm-hmm. but hearing that it, it's like a stress reliever it's like so you don't have to head, head, you know chop somebody's head off with an axe you're, you're hearing it so it's kind of taking that away well when i was in my teenage years i played like a lot of grand theft auto and stuff just murdering a bunch of you know sprites and that just kind of was like a nice release like it yeah. just made you feel better like i never thought oh i want to do this for real and people who doesn't matter the medium, the general, the general of whenever somebody judges something like that, they don't take the time to actually listen, watch, or read the thing. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like what well, I said with my like, uh, like with the ICP stuff. If you would go and actually listen to a lot of the songs, they have a decent positive like family kind of message and and thing to them. Yeah. But they just. People only hear certain things, or only want to hear certain things, or see certain things, or read certain things. And to think, like, horrorcore rap is at all real. Like, that anything they're rapping about be something they're doing. Like, that's ridiculous. Comedians, there's a whole shit ton of comedians. It sucks to be a comic now. Oh, yeah, you get canceled for everything, or just being a comedian. Can Jeff Foxworthy get canceled for racially stereotyping rednecks? Or, like, you know, generalizing rednecks. Well, at the risk of um, alienating myself from the left, I will say that it is 100% true that people don't give a shit when you shit on white people. Oh, yeah. When you make fun of white people, especially white guys, it's like we're not supposed to have feelings, and that's okay. Because I see that online all the time, and I... One thing that always irritates me is when you see the, oh, you can't be racist against white people because white people have the power. Even if that is true to a degree, that doesn't mean you have to be shitty and say racist things to white people. Like, yeah. Because if you say Asians are good at math and that's a bad, you know, that's still bad, why is it okay to say white people can't dance because they have no rhythm? That's, I mean, as, while that might not be really that offensive, that's still kind of fucked up because yeah. you're judging somebody just because they're a white person. I think you simple. You shouldn't be judging anybody. And I'm not one of those fucking all life matters assholes. Like, don't worry about that. It's just I don't think that uh, you really should be judging anybody. I I don't understand why we have to do that. Why Mind do we have to just make fun of? Yeah. Why do we have to fucking make people fun of people just for their race? I think that's stupid. That's the biggest thing with the left that always bothered me was that oh, what we're gonna do is get rid of racism by promoting racism towards white people because they're the ones who benefited from racism for fucking thousands of years which i agree like it's been fucked up like white people have fucked a lot of people up and fucked them over and have ruined but countless been, lives but they haven't been the only ones no but at the same time you're not gonna just make you know old fucking cletus from alabama stop being racist by making fun of him saying he's an inbred white trash hick like that's not how you fire with fire doesn't work in that situation so, it'd just be nice. It'd also be nice if we were in a place to where you could say something. For, you could say about you can make the joke about Cletus being the the inbred hick guy, and nobody get mad. 
Just be like, ah, ha, ha, but like, and then, but not, no serious heat. Like, you know what I mean? That was kind of like the 90s. It was. Because you can make fun of anybody. Um, and as long as you wasn't like a super dick jerk about it yeah. or, or like overly offensive, it was fine. I think in the next 10 years, you're going to see a big comeback of that kind of humor. Because people are just kind of sick of the woke stuff. And well, I say, think in 10 like, years... They say it's like a pendulum, like, you know, Well, it the comes thing is, the, the, mainly the generation that's really focused on that stuff, they're going to outgrow it. They're going to yeah. finally have to be in the real world where they're like, you know what, I don't care about, you know, whatever race somebody is at work. If they're fucking lazy, they're going to be fucking lazy. Yeah. And if they're fucking working hard, they're working hard. Yeah. That's all I care about. Like, when you actually have to deal with people... For real, in the real world environment, not some small fucking hick town and wherever, uh, because those are like, you know, self-contained bubbles. But like, especially when you live in any kinds of cities or something, once you're in the real world, it's just like you realize, oh, we're all kind of getting fucked by somebody, uh, maybe just be a little nicer to each other. Uh, or best, just, or, you know, at the very least, just ignore each other if you can't be nice to somebody. Yeah. And all that affects the way that you write. <laughs> I guess. I was trying to bring it back. Uh, I don't believe you should censor your work for anybody. No. Uh, you can keep your audience in mind and do realize that in this climate, some things you write might get you canceled. It could get you canceled before you even start. But do I go, I good do, work will always rise to the top. But I guess there is, you should also mention that in your writing, you should also not try to just be offensive or say, sh- like, be like a just shock to do jock. It, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, James hey. Gunn in the, you know, 2010s, he got in big trouble yeah. for being, you know, shock humor on Twitter. So, just make sure if you're using it correctly and properly, and will help you along your way of being able to do that stuff yeah. and just not have it be just to try to get, you know, like headlines or, yeah. you know. And also, though, you don't have to write those kind of stories. No. To be honest, because, like, I don't, I can't think of a single instance where I really wrote a story where anything remotely offensive to, like, race or sexual orientation was in play. Uh, Not to say those aren't topics I wouldn't touch on. It's just that's really never come up in the stuff I write. Um, I know you've had a couple stories that were on the borderline, but I don't think you've ever crossed the line either into, like, something that somebody might get offended by. But then again, we don't really let our like personal and political beliefs like bleed over into our work. We just want to tell a good story. Yeah. Versus your fucking J.K. Rawlings of the world, who, you know, we're not get into that. But I, I, to end this episode, I don't think uh, red flag should apply to really too many things. If you like Mein Kampf, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> like if somebody like really likes Mein Kampf, like apparently Donald Trump does. I will say, fuck Donald Trump hey, and Mein Kampf. Well, like, how do, uh, how does, like, Fight Club is, like, red flagged, but, like, not American History X? Because American History X was showing the evil of Nazis. But, I mean, there's still, like... It's not necessarily the subject matter, it's the theme and moral. The moral of Fight Club is you can rail against the machine and be an anarchist and hyper-masculine, and that's a good thing. American History X, it was... Nazis bad, don't be like fucking Devin or what was his name? Uh, I forget, but it's don't, don't be like Edward Norton in that movie. He was Even though he became reformed, he had to die because... Or no, he didn't die. His brother died. Edward Furlong died because the karma monster will come back and get you for your evil deeds. Uh, that was the moral of that movie. The moral of Scarface, if you're a bad guy, you're going to get shot in a big pile of cocaine. <laughs> like, 
He actually didn't get shot in the big pile of cocaine. That's just what I would like to imagine. Like, he just fucking, he snorted a big pile of cocaine. And then he got shot. Any other red flag things that you could, what would be like a solid red flag movie? That's what we'll end on. Like, one that you'd be like, okay, I, I get that. Like, if somebody really likes that movie, they're kind of a piece of shit. Like, uh... The, what, I Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. Fuck Transformers. Um, maybe what's that fucking Nazi pro Ku Klux Klan movie from way back? Some American Pride or American? I forget the name of that shitty movie. But if you like that, I guess if you like things that are like all about white supremacy, then okay, I, I can I can see that. But as far as like even any modern movies or anything I can think of. I don't see one instance where just because you like that movie, that just makes you a bad person. Yeah. Um, like I said, if you actually really like Mein Kampf, uh, you're probably a bad person because that means you align yourself with that ideology. And Hitler, not cool, man. Nah. Not cool. And you know what? If you look... I'm going to go on record. Can I go on record? You, yeah, go on record. Or should this be off record? No, I'll, I'll go on record. If you like House of Leaves <laughs> by Daniel Lewski... That's a red flag book, because your taste. Well, I think it would just be, just from what I've heard of the book, it'd be more of a, like a psychological issue, like what's going on inside that guy's head. If you really like Sleeping Beauties by Stephen <laughs> and Owen King. No, no. If you like Jerusalem by <laughs> Alan Moore, you're well, that, just a mentally ill no, man. I think that's if you finished. If you finished. <laughs> Not even if you like it, but if you just finished Jerusalem. Something's wrong with you, buddy. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of too many things. Have no, you read? because I don't ever really think of things in that manner. Like, because even if there is like something in a movie that I don't like or I would consider what you consider get uh, offended at, I probably don't see it again. Like, I don't watch it again. You know, so it, it leaves my mind. I think what would be considered a big red flag movie, and I don't agree, is that Michael Douglas movie. I, is it called Falling Down? Yeah. Where it's essentially, you know, a kind of well-to-do white guy goes on a rampage. It's like any fucking, especially at the time, but even now, the straight white man, Fight Club style, rebelling against the machine, rebelling against society, like that kind of thought. But at the end of that movie, though, he's like, wait, I'm the bad guy? Because he truly believed that he wasn't the bad guy, even though he's doing all this bad shit, because morally he feels like he's right um but see and that's and i don't know what it says about me but like maybe not with like the falling down but like with fight club about like the like the real and like that almost kind of gives you like a like a weird kind of hope like you can do something or there is you can stand up yeah like you don't have to just be pushed down by the system you know Mm -hmm. kind of pills you've been taking what color spencer blue or red blue or red both Ooh. Just take them oh. Excellent choice. At the same time. I think I saw like a meme or it was like a video or something where he's like, you have the blue pill and then he just takes them both of <laughs> and he's like, whoa, wait a minute. And he's like, ah, and his eyes are fucking crooked. <laughs> oh. Ooh, what they don't, uh, in the uh, director's cut of the movie, what they don't tell you is that those pills are support, supporters. Or, um, Suppositories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't show that in the movie. No. I'm going to end the episode on this. Again. Uh, the final end because we're like this is way too long for rambling. We've just been rambling the whole time. One, be nice to each other. Two, instead of judging somebody for a movie they like, why not find out why they like the movie first? You know, if somebody likes Anne Rand's shitty Atlas Shrug, 
Ask them why they liked it first. Is it, it the it, shitty philosophy or is it, it... Especially if it's something that you yourself haven't com- hasn't consumed. Yeah. Because, because well, that's the thing. I had never read Atlas Shrugged. I have no interest in reading Atlas Shrugged. But I always see in like the classic literature group where people will like bash people that say they like it. Have you read it? Because I haven't read it, so I can't. I'm not going to say anything because I haven't read it, even though I know, you know, roundabout what it's about. Maybe talk to them first. Why do they like it? Why does anybody like anything? If somebody says they like Fight Club, but they can tell you the reasons why they like Fight Club, and you realize it has nothing to do with some outlandish ideology, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt that they just like the movie. Like, I like Joker. I wasn't looking into it so deeply that I was thinking, like, you know, rebel against fucking what. I don't even know why that's a red flag movie, honestly. The white, because white male rage, I guess. Like, everything's white male rage, and I understand that, but I'm not watching that movie thinking of white male rage. No. Like, I'm not thinking I want to go fucking on a murder spree and, you know, shoot Ted Danson. That's who I always picture instead of Robert De Niro. He's Ted Danson. <laughs> so you haven't thought about it. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm not just talking about in Joker. Like, Murray just wasn't Ted Danson to me just because I don't like Ted Danson, and he has a real big head, so it'd be good for shooting in yeah, the movie. Yeah, talking. Every De Niro movie's Ted Dancing in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, Meet the Fuckers are like... Godfather, Goodfellas, Meet the Raging Fuckers. Bull. Raging Bull. <laughs> so All Ted Dancing. So does that mean, like, you think Ted Dancing is... in Cheers, yes. No, I mean De Niro's <laughs> in Cheers. Cheers, yeah. Yeah, that's how that goes. Uh, anyway, folks, thank you for listening. If you can make any kind of sense out of all our rambling, please reach out to us at drunkenpenwriting.com. We have a contact page. You can... Uh, even better, message us on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing, Instagram and Facebook, Drunken Pen Writing. Uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts on the whole red flag, green flag, all the flags debate. I think you should just uh, let people like their things. And unless they're not, you know, as long as they're not hurting anybody or spreading, you know, any kind of hate speech or anything, I don't really see why you have to shut them down. But uh, if you feel otherwise, I would like to know because the lit. The debates I saw on Twitter were mostly like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Just because you like Fight Club, you're a bad person. Like, a lot of people uh, were angry. And then the people who were on the opposite end were just attacking those people because most of them were, like, white guys. So they were just, like, kind of attacking them. Like, oh, see, but they didn't actually seem to have an opinion on Fight Club, which I thought was interesting. I was like, well, did you, do you care about Fight Club? And that's kind of an old movie, so does it really matter at this point? Yeah, like, how many of those people that are freaking out about it actually watched it? Um, ooh. They're never gonna fucking end this episode. What I what I forgot, uh, like the big red flag movies, Tropic Thunder. Oh, because if you like Tropic Thunder, you're like you know, ableist or race, definitely racist and sexist. You're everything because that movie is a parody on all that stuff. It's a satire on the ridiculous nature of Hollywood, and a lot of the people who have put the red flag and stuck it atop that movie, they've never actually seen it because a lot of them are fucking zoomers who. Aren't he, maybe not even old enough to watch rated R movies yet. Um, take that as you will.